Hello, music teacher friends. If you're keeping track, yep, this is episode number three of the Beyond Measure podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today for a quick dose of music teacher camaraderie. This past summer marked the beginning of my 24th year of piano teaching, and it also marked the beginning of my 38th year of life. (laughs) Now, I still feel like I very much belong in that category of young professionals, but it has dawned on me that it's been an awfully long time since I was mistaken for a college student at my university teaching job, so perhaps I need to reevaluate. If 24 years of piano teaching has taught me anything, it's the fact that the landscape of our studios is going to be constantly changing from start until the very end of our careers. Some of those changes are slow and gradual. It reminds me of like that crew of elementary students we have who are slowly but surely making progress every year. But of course, other changes come with a bit more punch, like when your very best family of students announces that they are moving to another state and will be leaving your studio. If I could go back and tell my younger self anything about piano teaching, I would tell myself to learn to find a way to embrace every season. Okay, there's actually a lot of things that I would go back and tell my younger piano teacher self, but today we'll talk about seasons. There are a million scriptures and song lyrics that I could quote you right now, but suffice to say, life comes packed with times of abundance and times of want. I think the real secret of success in the teaching field is to keep your long-term studio plans separate from your evaluations over what is happening in your studios today. So in other words, don't let the things you want from your studio in the future to take away from what is happening right now. That, my friends, is the secret. I know I'm going for the jugular on this one, but let's talk about enrollment numbers for a moment because I know this is such a sticking point for so many. My teacher friends, we have got to move past this outdated, ill-conceived notion that those teachers who have a bazillion students are somehow superior just based on numbers alone to those teachers who have fewer students. Maybe you know fully well that you still struggle with that unfair correlation of numbers, Uh, and maybe you think that you are past that. But in either case, let me offer you a scenario. (laughs) Let's say you run into a fellow teacher colleague and the question is brought up, which almost always is, hey, how many students do you have right now? (laughs) What is your response? Let me tell you this. Speaking from a vast amount of experience, the only teachers who enjoy answering the question of how many students you have right now are the teachers with a bazillion students. There are all kinds of reasons why you might not have a 50, 60 plus student studio. And yet anyone who finds themselves in a position to have to answer that question with a number lower than, I don't know, say 20, 
tends to put themselves immediately on the defensive. They immediately start listing the reasons why they can't take more students right now or why the economy is so bad that they don't have students enrolled right now or you know the list goes on and on and I always get kind of a chuckle over it and at the same time I am so grieved that we are continuing to put our value as educators on something as trivial as the number of students who enter our doors each week. I can't begin to tell you the number of teachers I have heard from over the years who wonder if it's even worth having a recital when they only have four or five students. Or, how about this one, if they only have very early beginner students? My answer is, of course it is. (laughs) I know that we are a very self-conscious bunch teacher friends, but the bulk of parents that I know are never going to complain about a recital being too short. (laughs) It's quite the contrary, in fact. Without diving into too much of my own personal teaching history, I will say this. Uh, There was a period of time when my studio numbers were at an all-time low, And this was in the period of time following my graduation with my master's in piano performance and pedagogy. Um, I was newly married. I had just graduated. And it was the first time in my teaching career that it came recital time and I only had six students. And believe me, I really, I mean, I cringed kind of the whole time because I was used to being in settings where I had more advanced students playing. And these were all students that I had just started on their piano journeys. And I was convinced that the parents were kicking back and judging me for only having these very early elementary students. Now, In hindsight, I really don't know where that came from, (laughs) but I know that feeling was very real and I hear it echoed from other teachers all of the time. But what we have to remember is that parents are simply sitting back and enjoying the show. Specifically, they're enjoying that like 30 to 60 seconds that their kid is up there giving us the show. I would bet good money that no one was sitting at that particular recital drawing any negative conclusions about my teaching abilities. And I can't tell you, you know, what I wouldn't give to go back to that day and simply enjoy those six little sweeties on their big piano debuts. (laughs) Really, I mean, the world needs so much more of that young, youthful energy, right? You know, our mini musicians who's like, they get up there and their heads bob up and down with the beat. And when they stand to take their bows, they look like they've just climbed Mount Everest. (laughs) You know, to see their happy little faces the first time their music is met with applause. I mean, that is good, magical stuff. You know, especially in hindsight, knowing that all six of those students went on to do really incredible things in their piano studies with me. You know, I mean, how did I ever let that experience translate into any kind of uncertainty or embarrassment in any way? I don't know, but I'm ashamed that that's the way I felt. 
And of course, since hindsight is indeed 2020, you know, it's funny because that was the only recital I have ever hosted that was that small. (laughs) I think a few months later, we had a recital that was around 18 students. And from then on out, it's been a packed house, every performance, every time. And so now looking back, I just think that was such a special day and I don't remember that much about it besides being worried that my studio families would not understand that I was capable of teaching higher artistry concepts when in fact they didn't care about that at that time. They just wanted their kids to look cute and they really did. Of course, the concept of seasons, as applied to our teaching studios, applies to a lot more than simple numbers of students enrolled. I always say that, you know, most of us are just a few graduating seniors away from a very different teaching life. You know, our studios ebb and flow and change with every student that we bring on and every student that we say goodbye to. We all have different visions for what we want our teaching life to look like, and that is oftentimes not what we are actually living out in our daily lives just yet. So, you know, perhaps you're a travel teacher who really wants to come to a point where they can teach in an in-home studio or vice versa. Or maybe you're going to school and you are looking forward to gaining more students when you get out. Or maybe you are a school teacher who has a desperate desire to eventually transition to an independent studio in your home, or again, vice versa. There are so many different things that we can plan for ourselves, and those visions are so important, but I just don't want you to let them take away from what is actually happening today. And in hopes of helping you to do that very thing, I have prepared, of course, a little valediction of sorts. (laughs) This week, I am framing my toast to you around the four seasons, beginning with spring and ending in winter. Whatever season you find yourself in, I hope that our quick chat today helped inspire you to live your very best musical life this week. Please, 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 please remember that since our students are growing and changing every day, our teaching every single week is unique unto itself. You know, today's stressors often find a way to become tomorrow's best memories. And with that, I will raise my glass to you, my teacher friends. music teacher friends of the world. (laughs) Today, I honor you, regardless of whatever season you find yourself in. For teachers who are really busy right now, working hard to grow their studios, whether that is for the first time or as a result of one of those big life changes, I wish you contentment above all other things. You know, may you keep your eyes forward on the prizes ahead, but may you also enjoy the thrill of each little victory and all the growth that is happening around you. Just like the season of spring ushers in an abundance of new life, I hope that you can find this season to be one of growth for you as well as your studio. 
keep your eyes and your ears open and try not to let the beauty of all this new life go unnoticed. May you appreciate each new bud for the potential bloom that it holds. Perhaps you are approaching your studio a little more casually this year. Hey, congratulations to you. (laughs) Maybe you find yourself feeling really clear about what matters to you and you have the capacity to kind of kick back and relax and enjoy the benefits that your teaching life has brought to you. Maybe this summer-esque time in your studio can be one of really just making a ton of memories. May you take your time, you know, still acknowledging the fact that good things require a decent amount of sweat sometimes, but enjoying the work just as much as you enjoy the rewards. If you can sense a change on the horizon, perhaps you identify most with the autumnal season right now. Perhaps you know goodbyes are coming or a period of rest is necessary. And if that's the case, friend, I hope that you are able to see the beauty and experience a really great sense of comfort as you prepare for a perhaps challenging season. And I'll tell you, most precious friends, if you happen to feel entrenched in a cold, empty, wintry season, one that is leaving you feeling more isolated or less energized or simply yearning for some light to return, please know that you have a network of music teachers worldwide who are all here ready to help prop you up when you need it. This is the time to be resourceful. So draw on preparations that you've made in other seasons and know that there is still a lot of beauty to be found even in the wintry mix. And hey, if you need to hibernate, it's really okay. The world will be here waiting for you when you're done. (laughs) With that said, cheers to every season, my music teacher friends. once again for spending the last few minutes with me. I appreciate you putting up with my very Midwest United States centered references for all of those seasons in our lives. I know that times are challenging my friends. There are going to be lots of aspects from the year 2020 that we will be thrilled to put to rest. But even that being said, I hope that you can keep in mind the fact that tomorrow's memories are being built today. (laughs) You simply never know what memories are going to stick um, until far in the future. So I hope that we can commit this week to creating great memories for our students and in turn also collecting them for ourselves. As always, feel free to track me down on Instagram and Facebook. Um, You can find me there at Beyond Measure Podcast. And until we meet again, teacher friends, I hope you have a great day.